Hi, and welcome everyone to the 113th episode of Serum Rocks. Today we have Lisa Crosby from Barhead Solutions to talk about custom pages. But first, hello Heidi, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm wonderful, how are you? I've had a lovely Easter, so I'm really enjoying the time off. And uh, before we continue with Lisa here, if someone wants to reach us and have a question for us, where can they reach us? Oh, they can find us on all of the great social media platforms. You can follow us on LinkedIn or on Facebook. You can tweet with the hashtag of CRM Rocks, or you can check out our brand new YouTube channel, which has 11 subscribers. Yeah, yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> Let's introduce Lisa then. Lisa has a contagious enthusiasm for low-code technology and making it possible for anyone to get started with Power Platform and Dynamics 365. Lisa has taken a a career journey from being Dynamics 365 customer and business user doing unspeakable things with Excel to an evangelist for Microsoft Business Application, educating customers, helping solve problems for people just like who she used to be. Lisa loves getting people excited about the awesome technology, opening new possibility, and giving back to this community that has given her so much. Learning and sharing together every day. She's also a YouTuber, podcaster, blogger, and speaker. Welcome, Lisa Crosby. Thank you very much. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Heidi. Thank you for having me on your podcast, which I have been listening to for quite some time. How are you today, this very early morning for you? Is I feel like every time I do one of these, I have to explain that, you know, I'm in Australia and it's ridiculous o'clock in Australia, but I'm actually an early bird and so that's okay. (laughs) It's always ridiculous (laughs) o'clock in Australia when everyone else is awake. I am doing very well. I've had a lovely Easter break myself. I've had a a week or so of being completely offline, switched everything off, deleted all the work and social apps from my phone, did me the world of good. Oh, that's the way to vacation. I love it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Actually deleting the apps off your phone, that's... (laughs) That's the way to it's the mm-hmm. way to do it. <laughs> yeah, perhaps sometimes when I go to vacation I turn the notifications off, but deleting them then it's an even bigger hurdle. To I've get back I've often got my notifications back. off, but that's next level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as an evangelist What is it that you do? Uh, So, yeah, that is legitimately my job title, and um, it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a strange one. It's all about educating, inspiring, helping people understand what's possible with the platform. So, you could categorize it into a a technical marketing kind of role, technical sales and marketing kind of role. I work very closely with the with the sales team, but also with our customers here. So, some days that is about creating um, creating technical content for for the 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 blogs and and uh, LinkedIn and things we do here at Barhead. Often it's more about doing things like ideation, envisioning, demos, uh, workshops, hackathons, proof of concepts, all those just conversations that, you know, it's, it's not quite pre-sales. Sometimes it overlaps with pre-sales, but it's almost a little bit ahead of pre-sales in terms of, you know, there's a customer where we say, I'll say, if we've got someone who doesn't know what they don't know, then then that sort of stage of doing things, it's almost like pre-pre-sales. <laughs> It fits very much into that sort of like technical marketing kind of thing. Um, it's different every day. I am learning heaps all the time. I have to keep up with a whole lot of stuff all the time. And 
I asked for all that. I love it. <laughs> so it sounds a bit that you're using the Catalyst framework from Microsoft. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's definitely a thing. That's one part of it. Uh, sometimes we will do a formal Catalyst engagement. Sometimes I'll take some of the concepts from that and, and use them in different ways. So I'm very much about you know what's going to work for the what's going to work for the customer and what have I got up my sleeve that I can I can bring to that. So yep, absolutely, that's part of it. We're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? So there's actually one that comes to mind that um, there's a there's a shop here in Australia, which is a women's clothing shop called Review, and they make sort of vintage style dresses, which I, I quite, I'm quite partial to. I'm in my denims here, but I quite like the, the sort of floral vintage dresses and stuff. And it's a it's a chain store. It's not a it's not like a um, an independent store. They're they're everywhere. But when you go into the shop, the they greet you and ask for your name. And I, I'm always like. Oh, really? I just I just want to, you know, I just want to come in here and <laughs> I just want to come in here and browse around and not be, you know, like I don't really want to, but I sort of go, okay, yeah, my name's Lisa, whatever. And so I had a period um, where I was going in and I had to get, you know, coming back out into the world again, having to buy some new clothes. <laughs> and and I, I must have gone in there a couple of times. But the first time I went in there, I was like, okay, they know my name, that's fine. I went in like a week later and the, as I walked into the shop, the woman's like, hi, Lisa. It's like she actually remembered me by maybe I bought too much or made too much of an impression. But I was so impressed by that. And then now I'm making the effort to remember her name as well. But that thing of almost like going into the shop and it's a very personalized experience in, in, a, in an environment that shouldn't be. And I resisted it at first. And then actually when it came back around and she remembered my name, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and then it's a very friendly store where people are often chatting to each other. And it just, it just creates a nice vibe of you're having an enjoyable experience while you're in this place. So, you know, that's a, that's a, a lovely one. I think that always that, that comes to mind. That's such a nice, when I was on the podcast as a guest, I did a negative customer experience. <laughs> Everybody else was doing these great positives, but that's really I'll nice. bring the positive. Amazing, right? It's amazing how much a difference that can make, just that tiny person remembering a nugget about somebody and mm -hmm. bringing that up the next time you. I think it's a pretty good skill yeah. for somebody who's working in a shop and clearly dealing with a lot of people to have remembered. So whether she's mm -hmm. particularly good at that, or as I said, perhaps I just made myself memorable. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps she uses a CRM system. <laughs> <laughs> A really fast one then. Yeah, I didn't see it didn't yeah. see a power app greeting app in her hand or anything. She was <laughs> this is a genuine human relationship. She looked me in the eye and remembered my name. <laughs> so have you talked to Guru Fowler about dresses then? Uh no. No. So that that's for, for next time you meet her then. So Okay. Excellent. <laughs> What is a custom page then? Custom page. So custom pages are um, the ability to bring, this is it's part of the journey of bringing power apps together. So we're talking about bringing canvas-like things, and we'll come back to this, but being able to create within your model-driven app, and this also means within Dynamics 365, those customer engagement apps. So if you're using Dynamics Sales or Service or any of those things, you can do this, is to say, Let's create a page which is completely pixel perfect design, exactly what you want on there. So at the moment, we've got, you know, when you're building a model driven app, it's always been very modular design. You can have a 
list and you can have a, a form and you can put components on the form and it's all those sort of modular components. But if you go, I want a line across here that's five pixels wide in this particular exact shade of blue, you haven't been able to do that unless you're bringing in PCF controls and code and things. So this is the no code, well, it's not no code, it's low code way of being able to design a page that has anything you want on it. And that means right down to the last pixel. And it's not the same as a Canvas app, but it's a very similar concept to that, or connecting to other data sources and bringing those in. So this, this I get excited about this because it just opens up what that user interface can be in dynamics and in model-driven apps. So you think about, you know, now you can do things like I could have a landing page where I put pretty buttons and my image and welcome Lisa and all those things on there, or I can bring in other data sources and have them there. I could have, you know, two tables, two entities on a page interacting with each other in a way that you can't do with the standard you know, form. And then there must be a million other use cases, which I'm very keen to to um, hear from the community about the, the more that people start to get into this. But basically just cracks open the, the experience of building a model-driven app and what that user interface can do for low-code rather than just PCF with, with high-code. Your enthusiasm is contagious. <laughs> I didn't do say that at the start. <laughs> <laughs> I do get excited about stuff. <laughs> So it sounds a bit like the thing that we've had for a while, embedding a canvas app to, into a model-driven app. So what's the difference between that and, and this custom? Stuff? Yeah, it is a bit like that. This is like the next stage of the evolution of that. Um, and, and they're not outright saying this replaces that, but the, if you read the, the documentation, there's like, you should be using this now. <laughs> so this is the sort of the, the next direction. So the, the embedded, uh, the embedded canvas app is still there, but it's much more limited. So what that is doing is when, when you did that, um, the, that experience was you had to sort of go in and create the, you create the page and then you could have, you know, very limited what you could do one it, it's sort of in one section of the form or it takes up one tab you'd click through and then it would it would pick up sort of a, an integration formula that you'd have to use and then you'd come back and it was a little like it would it, it was great but it, you know a little bit clunky in that this is integrated better if we want to kind of get right down to it it's a it's a smoother integration um, and it's a it's actually like a separate element in the in the solution and we'll, we'll talk about solutions and so on but you can actually have this as a whole standalone page so you firstly your embedded canvas app was only ever a, a piece on the page so this allows you to make it as a, a standalone page but you can also use it as there's other options in there you can have it sort of popping up as a center dialogue or a side dialogue or then there's another part that's the the new app side pane so i don't know if you've seen in the the, the sort of the direction of the the user interface where where instead of it being just a, a section on the form, there's actually now a side pane that you can use for various things. And the idea there is you're clicking around on a view or whatever, and, and you've got a side pane that's almost like a pop-up down the side. So this is this is very much rolling with new things in the user interface and that, that direction of where the user interface is going, whereas the embedded form is sort of just is limited to a couple of a couple of could do and having built <clears throat> excuse me having built across both of them then you've got it's much easier once you're in this the, the formulas and power effects and stuff work more as you would expect so the side pane i always 
explain it as it's where we have had the quick crate for a while and it's sort of in the same place it doesn't yes. look like that but it's mm-hmm. it's oriented over there yeah so you'll see it on um the deal manager dashboard of this is a whole other topic that I can get excited about, but mm-hmm. in the, in, in Dynamics 365 sales is a new deal manager dashboard. And that, that experience of um, the panel down the side and you're interacting with stuff, you're clicking on things on the dashboard and then the panel down the side becomes the place where you can edit the record that you've clicked on in a view. It's that, it's that, that's that same concept as well. And in (laughs) fact, I will do a shout out at this point to Scott Duro did a video on YouTube on um, custom pages and he did one on custom pages. So what? It's a really, really good video, not on like how to make them, but what, why are they important? What's all this about? And he recreated that deal manager dashboard using the custom pages feature and you can't tell the difference <laughs> but of course he's just like oh yeah this is just a bit of this and a bit of that and I'm like this is mind-blowing <laughs> it's not just anything <laughs> so yeah that's a if you're interested in this area that's a that's a must that's a must watch video as well that, that Scott did there and and yes he he showed how to basically that he could recreate that deal manager dashboard with a custom page so that's the that's the zone we're in here <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm just making a note of it so I can remember I to grab the, the URL <laughs> so everyone who's listening can find it easily in the show notes afterwards. So, so is it like the the canvas app that we've created for a long time then, or is it something with the context that difference between the canvas app and the custom page then? Yeah, it's very similar, but it's not exactly the same. And there's an important difference in here because if you are, you know, if you're used to building Canvas apps, you're going to come across here and go, awesome. I know what I'm doing. I've got my menu. I've got my PowerFX bar. And, oh, wait, hang on. That component isn't there. But what about this? Oh, right. So there's the skills are the same. So, and this is where, you know, those of us who come and I come more from a, a model driven app side of things. And I have been saying for a while, you know, like this is, this is the moment now where it all starts to come together, uh, where Canvas app people need to learn about model driven apps and vice versa. But it's, it's the same concept and the same skill set. You're writing the same types of formulas with PowerFX and you're using components and so on that you would use when you're building a Canvas app, but it's actually technically a different object. It's not a Canvas app. So this is different from what we were saying before, where you're embedding embedding a Canvas app into a model-driven app. That is actually a Canvas app. You're going, here's my model-driven app, create a Canvas app. It has a link and it's embedded. That's genuinely a Canvas app. This is a different technical technically different object that looks and feels and behaves very much like a canvas app but doesn't have all of the same there are some components and things that aren't quite there and it behaves differently as i start to look at this you know this this all sort of became generally available late last year there's more features being added and more bits and pieces being added i'm not sure whether whether the plan is for it to be at parity or whether there will always be some differences but at the moment you will if you if you know canvas apps even even a bit it would take you about 5 minutes of playing around to go hang on wait this isn't quite right it's closer to the experience of when you build a power app on Dataverse for Teams, if you've done that. Again, that studio isn't quite the same, like it's technically a different object. So I think there are some limitations or whatever in there um, around that. But just, yeah, you'll, you'll notice that the skills are the same, the concept is the same, but it's not 
actually the same and you will you will discover that fairly quickly once you start once you start building with it if you're if you've got any experience with, with canvas apps so if it takes a canvas app builder five minutes to learn the new interface how long will it take a model driven app builder to learn the interface <laughs> so i think um you know, like the, the experience of learning Canvas apps, and I've I've done a lot of teaching of Canvas apps, and I play around with them, and I can build basic Canvas apps, but I've never. It's not my day job. You know, it's not something that I that you know I, I've seen some of the incredible stuff that people do, and it's like I get it, but I don't I don't do that. I think it's a bit like learning Excel formulas, right? So do you do you remember when you first learned Excel and you sort of go in and, and for some people with Excel, you're only ever going to get as far as, you know, sort, filter, maybe concatenate. And then one day you discover that VLOOKUP is a thing and it changes your world. If you had that experience, mm-hmm. you sort of, someone shares that and then you go, oh, wow, if I could do that, what else could I do? And so even as I'm, you know, as I'm building Canvas apps, it's very much, and and all of my learning is very much a sort of, what do I need to know next? How do I find out that thing? Now I can do that thing. Oh, now what else can I do next? And the the Canvas app stuff is is the same. You know, it's very, what do I need to be able to do? And then I'm going to search for how do I do that thing? And then building a formula. And I've I've done a video on this on on YouTube on, on how I put together the Canvas page. And at one point in there I'm pulling out a formula that's quite long that's around like search and filter and 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 various things and I explain how I've put that together but I didn't kind of just wake up one day and start typing and know how to do that like it's that thing of going all right well I want to sort things in a certain order and I want to do it this way and so I'm going to find an example of a search formula and a um and and a filter and then okay what 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 parameters do I need to match that but there's a lot of built-in help now like there's compared to when I first started working this back in like 2017 where like you're on your own good luck with that the community around it and the you know if you search for something on your your search engine of choice you will find someone who's done that before right it's it's really not hard to find examples of it and if you pay attention as you start typing in the formula bar you'll see that like excel it's, it gives you that, and if you understand how to read that, it gives you that suggestion. It's like, okay, this formula needs an open bracket and it needs this parameter and that parameter mm-hmm. and then a closed bracket at the end. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think if you, when you start with a blank canvas, you start with a blank anything, it's a bit scary because where do I even start? So I think, you know, for me, getting across the principles of there are components and the components have properties and the properties have formulas core concepts. Great. Now there's so many formulas that I can't just sit down in one and learn them all. I'm going to learn them and I'm going to go, oh, I need a component today that's a gallery. Let me learn about what a gallery does. I want to sort it. Let me learn how to do a sort formula. So it's always like learning in the context of the thing I need to do and the thing I'm interested in. And then you just build the knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I have great admiration for the people who are building things that are just mind-blowingly beautiful design because that's not my skill set. But the the, the stuff underneath is I, I don't think it's any different from that process of learning Excel formulas or something like that. It's an iterative process and you learn what you as you need. Yeah. And I think there's a thing where it's like you can write the formula in some sort of natural language and it suggests what you're 
doing. So yeah. is that into the custom pages as well because it's the same studio? Yeah, I didn't see it in there. That's called Power Apps Ideas, and that's very early days. And I, I didn't yeah. see it in there. I wouldn't want to say definitively it's not there, but I don't think so. The the Power Apps Ideas thing does a couple of things, and this is this one is exciting because this is going to be like five years from now, um, maybe three years from now. I don't know. That will be like, oh yeah, I totally just go in and write with natural light, like that that development of low code into no code that we can just write what we intend and it. Could constructs the formula for you, that's popping up everywhere in the platform. It's coming up in the DAX formulas and Power BI. It's certainly in, in Power Apps, but right now it's pretty limited. You can you can do it yeah. with, um, there's, you know, the ability to sort of type in something on a, I think it works on a gallery. There's there's something about the, the pros, which is like by example. So if I want to have a date format in a certain way, I can put in a couple of examples and it will do the rest in that order. So it's very early days with that. And I, I didn't see that in the canvas. Um, I didn't look for it, to be honest. I didn't see it in there. So I'm going to say I don't think that's there. Yeah. But I think that's a that's going to be a that's an area to to watch in in that evolution, that next evolution from low code to no code, which is very. Um, but you know the the who knows now with you know all of the AI stuff and natural language yeah. stuff that's coming in, acquisition of nuance could affect it. I don't I don't even know. There's a lot going on in that space that 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 I, I think um, yeah, a couple of years from now that'll be that'll be big. I just think it's exciting because mm. you know filter and sort it's so close to the formula that it's yeah I can definitely see them doing this. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's absolutely, I mean, it's a state of direction to say, let's, you know, the low code is awesome, but that barrier of I have to learn all these formulas and I just want to create a quick app and I'm a business user and I just need to get this done and I don't have time to learn that, that's still a real persona and a real problem. So that's <laughs> yeah. the next evolution really is is code. Um, I, I love watching all of this natural language stuff. My, my first degree actually is in linguistics and I, I had an interest from a long time ago in all that sort of like computational natural language stuff and to see where it is at now you know reaching human parity with things well, i find that area fascinating it's not enough hours in the day really but that's that's that <laughs> no code thing will be will be th that's the next sort of direction but i in in my brain i feel like that's the next few years that's where it's going yep yeah so what considerations do you have when you're building these custom pages? Then? Yeah, so there's a few things to be um, aware of, and I will uh, make sure we pop a link in to, you know, there's there's some really good documentation on this of different components that, uh, you know, are different from Canvas apps and things that don't work. First thing, though, is put it, start in a solution. Like, this is best practice across all of these things, yeah. so we, we, um, we shouldn't need to say it, but it's worth saying because, of course, I, I the kind of job that I do, I'm not doing um, proper. I don't I don't work on projects and do deployments. I'm doing a lot of like someone needs to understand how this will work. Can we show them what's possible now? Right. So I I do a lot of fairly hacky scrappy stuff in order to show what's possible so someone else can <laughs> can build it. So sometimes I will confess, <laughs> I will go in and not start with a solution because I'm just like, oh, what does this do? <laughs> And I did that with this one the first time around is I just went in and went, oh, new custom page. Awesome. Then when I want to come back and edit the thing later, I can't find it. It's gone. Where's it gone? <laughs> oh. Because it's not a Canvas app 
it's not in the apps page. So if you create an embedded Canvas app, when you go into your navigation and you go into apps, you'll see it there because it is a Canvas app. A custom page, not a Canvas app, is not in the apps menu. So if you do what I did, don't do what I did. You can't find it. <laughs> I do learn a lot by hacky scrapping around and, and pressing buttons and seeing what happens because I can say firsthand. <laughs> so what happens is what you need to do is start in a solution. And then from within the solution, you get new app, new, you know, all those new options. New custom page is one of the options in there. That's the right way to do it. If you've been like me and jumped in a bit too quick and created your custom page without a solution, you ca- you then after the fact can get yourself out of it by creating a solution and adding an existing custom page into the solution and then it's there and then you can click through and edit it again. So just first thing to be aware of, start in a solution and if you didn't, go back and create a solution and add your custom page into the solution because otherwise you'll be like, where's my custom page? Um, There is a whole kind of document and I'm just having a look at it here on the the side here of which is called known issues with custom pages. So this is from um, the Microsoft documentation and they're keeping this up to date all the time with things. So again, the thing to be aware of here is that this is very much a a work in progress. Like this is a relatively new feature. There's there's a lot going on with 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 this app convergence, bringing power apps and model driven apps together. And so there are some features that are generally available and some features that are in preview. So the whole concept of you can create a custom page for a model driven app is generally available. But then if you have a look at this, there are some specific or new capabilities that are still marked as preview. So just be aware that there's a feature set here of some things, you know, at the time of recording, if you're listening to this a long time in the future, then, you know, hopefully these things are all available now. Um, But it basically, it goes through and sort of talks about some of the things that we've talked about here. So not all of the Canvas apps controls are available in in there. So it gives you a list of what those are, talks about putting things in solution, um, in solutions. It doesn't have certain, you know, API. There's, I won't, I won't try and read through all of this, but there's a, there's, there's a list of about 20 things that are like known issues. Um, So it's worth just checking in on that page because I can see that's been updated again, like maybe two weeks ago. So that's a, that's a constantly updated page that's giving you, giving you those things. Yeah. Um, so there's also a thing that it's very easy in a canvas app or custom page to get fixed positions of everything and the model driven app is there's no such thing everything just is responsive and reflows so what do you have to do considering that yeah so then this is where we start to get into a um, a concept around responsive design and this is a canvas app concept and i will also do a bit of a, a shout out to um reza durani who's done a he's a he's a canvas apps uh guy doing a heap of stuff on on YouTube as well. Um, And he's done a bunch of videos on on responsive apps. So I I put myself in the position of a learner and and learnt from from some of his stuff because this is an area even within the Canvas apps world that is not – it hasn't been around for a long time. Like the ability to develop responsive apps in Canvas apps is is relatively new. So when we're designing custom pages, you're absolutely right. It's sitting it's sitting inside a model driven app, and your model driven app. One of the awesome things about a model driven app is it's just responsive. So you don't want to go whacking a non-responsive 
custom page component on top of your your model driven app and and ruining that experience so so then the formulas you want to use are all around responsive design of canvas apps and, and back to your earlier question Heidi about learning this stuff if you are coming at this relatively new start just start with the responsive design just don't even learn it the other way because it is it, there are some things in there that are different so just as a as an example when you're creating a header say on the on the top of the page instead of going oh i'm going to add a label and i'm going to drag it around the screen and put it here or set its width or whatever you actually create what are called responsive containers so you're starting off by putting containers in everything so you have vertical containers which allow you to sort of stack components in a this is good if it's if you're watching this on video, I'm doing a, <laughs> a thing with my hand to indicate vertical here. If you're doing a horizontal thing, you can put things sideways next to each other, sideways on the on the page. So you can create these containers and then you create containers within containers. And then everything you do in the formula is related to something else on the screen. So then your, you know, the width of something becomes the formula instead of going the width is 600 pixels, the width is parent dot width, which is the, the width of the parent container or the parent page or whatever it is. And then even within the, you know, I, I did a canvas app where I put two galleries side by side on the page. And so then within my horizontal container, I've got properties and options that I can say, yes, stretch this to take the full width and then how many, uh, I haven't got the right word for it, how many portions on the screen, <laughs> that's the wrong word, but yeah. you'll get what I mean. How many, how many, what's the proportion? Like I want one, I want this to be basically three three portions and the first one takes up one of the three and the second one takes up two of the three. So that's my relative width. And then as the thing scales up and down, it's, it's going with that proportion rather than being an absolute fixed width. So that does change then, you know, even with a header where the background color goes, like it's part of the container rather than part of the label and things like that. So I had to do a little bit of unlearning and relearning to to do the responsive bits. So if you're coming at this new to model-driven apps, I would suggest just dive right into that responsive design and then the principles there around being able to, everything is relative to something else on the page. But then when you're done, you've got a, you've got a much better experience. When you're building these apps then, do you find that it's a lot of repetitive stuff that you keep doing over and over again? Do you use variables for that or you just copy paste the thing around in these? So I I just jumped in and copied things around, but there are much better ways of doing that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a theme here. (laughs) How I tend to work. Um, So yeah, look, you you can, um, you know, these these are designed to have you know, you can actually have multiple pages in your in your custom page, although the way that it's set up is they're suggesting that that should be multiple custom pages. But if you had a settings page in there, you know, around doing things with variables and, and various things like that, then that would be that would be much more sensible for sure. Um, otherwise, there is a fair bit of just, yeah, a fair bit of copy paste and so on. So look, I think I think that comes down to how sophisticated it is what you're doing. Sometimes it's worth it's worth doing that. And I think if you're creating a full canvas app, you know, the concept of a full canvas app has multiple screens and lots of movement and 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 all of those things. And so you do want that sort of variables and settings and things so that you're not repeating 
those things and you can just change a colour somewhere and it changes all the way through because it's referring back to that. If it's a single page and it's genuinely a single page, that you, you have to weigh up whether that's whether that's worth doing or whether it's yeah. worth just a page. Yeah. Do you usually design it to match the model-driven apps in in considering those theming? Yeah. So like the colors are the same. The I don't know fonts are the same. Oh, look, it depends what you're trying to do. But I think, you know, if you want something that's a um, that's a, something that looks like the rest of the user interface, then yes, absolutely, you'd want to do that. Uh, other times you might want to go, well, here's a splash page. And I, I, do, I deliberately want it to look different because I want it to be a welcome to my app and I want it to be really engaging and colourful and it's got my branding and colours and things everywhere. You know, it really depends on what your use case is as to how you want to do that. Yeah. So when I'm trying just dabbled a bit in canvas app um before i've had a bit of problems with how to work with connectors and and not that it's so many that i can choose like twitter and and things like that it's more like well each and every user has to have their own connectors even to dataverse so what are your considerations when presenting that to end user Mm. so so we've got the same thing going on here where you can use this to connect to other data sources and this is a this is sort of one of the other big deal things about being able to bring custom pages in because with a model driven app to to show another data source on the screen requires some type of virtual table or integration or, or something like that so this allows no code way and the example that i played with was using a stream from twitter just because it's a a real live data source and it's a good example to sort of you know publicly available thing that we can show so you can connect up to another data source in there but yes that does mean you've got the security and authentication and so on that goes with that because of course you don't want people to have access to stuff they shouldn't have access to so my experience of of doing the the maker side of it you've absolutely got all the same connectors available so that that list of all the 500 connectors and and so on that you can use with a canvas app you can bring those in so this is a a big uh, sort of benefit if you like of being able to do this is you can bring you can bring those things in my experience of doing it as a maker was that when I published it, so the you know back to the kind of putting it in a solution, what happens after you've made your custom page is that you go back into the new, brand new experience of the sitemap designer and you can add your custom page into the model-driven app. So that's the other thing you need to do is you go create a new custom page, make the custom page and then go and add it to your model-driven app in the in the navigation and you've got some settings and options and things there and as you do that for the first time it was it was authentic it was checking my authentic it was popping up that thing of you know please sign in and authenticate what's going on here i haven't tested with another pretend user coming in or even a real user coming in but i'm assuming that the same thing would happen when the user comes in they would have to authenticate somehow because otherwise the security principles would a problem. So I haven't tested that, but I'm assuming that that's how how that would work. Um, you said you're concerned about that, Marcus, or you you don't, you know. Like I think it's one of those things that comes up. You know, people will ask, "Oh, can I bypass that?" And it's like, eh, it's security, maybe not. <laughs> it's it's sort of mildly painful for for a starting point, but it is what it is, and once it's done, it's done. So I, I'm assuming the experience is the same. Sometimes you might want them to see something that a service principle 
has access to so it's exactly the same type of data for everyone but if it's like twitter in in the video that we will um add to the show notes it's well then you will actually have to log into twitter and then people using that has to have twitter to log into so yeah that's but my consider is is perhaps well if you're using a model-driven app and all the users have a license, they're, they're sort of in the app. Yes. And then they're presented with this, oh, you have to sign in. And we're like, well, wasn't I signed in wasn't already? Wasn't I already signed in? Yeah. Yes. So it's more of that, well, this is weird. I don't really recognize this from this sort of only strict model-driven side to this sort of blended yeah. situation. I'm going to do a bit more playing around so is there a a situation where you don't want to go custom pages right now then I think um I think you've got to understand them as you know the the options of how they can work so we're thinking of it as a largely a single page you can have more than one but don't don't try and build a whole like you've got to separate that thinking of a canvas app like the one time I'm talking about this convergence and these things merging together but if you start with canvas app thinking you're probably going to land in the wrong place like it needs to be model driven app thinking I'm here what does this page functionally do whereas if you're trying to create a whole app right now I think you might you might end up in a weird situation so I just caution around your starting point for you know you, this is actually bringing canvas capabilities into a model driven app it's not about going i'm going to build you know your canvas app as your standalone thing doing doing something and now i'm just going to plop it in there so just there's a, a different way of thinking in there i think it's good for like it's popping up as a dialogue and and side panes and things but i think just back to that known issues list that i was talking about before um there are some things in there that are just not quite you know certain certain kind of um certain features in there and certain components and whatever in the canvas app i think you can work around most of those things but i think it's really just about getting the right thought process of understanding that you're starting with that model driven app and that that's where you're coming from and you're using these components rather than it being a um rather than it being something where you're you're oh i'm building a canvas app and just and just plonking so you don't want to go all talking and do like (laughs) The Lord of the apps, and there's one app to rule them all. So well, this kind of that, is but. actually this is one app to rule them all, right? Because this <laughs> is now canvas and model driven together, all together. But yeah, I think you know, there's there's been there's always been different ways of thinking about these things, and I think this is even though it's a it's a canvas app like thing, it's a model driven app way of thinking. And how is this benefiting my model driven app experience, and what am I bringing to that? Rather than starting with the idea of oh, this is a standalone thing and i'm gonna just kind of plonk it in there i think you wouldn't do as well with that but yeah like the lord of the rings analogy that's funny (laughs) all right then so we talked a little bit about this convergence between canvas app these custom pages all those low code things and then we have this mold driven app so if what's the convergence going towards them yeah, so this has been something that's been on the roadmap for a couple of years, and this is really now the first 
sort of, wow, okay, this is real. So this is something that was talked about from as far back as like middle of 2019 was this concept of app convergence. So just as a terminology thing, this idea of saying, you know, we've had these two very different things that are both called power apps for such a long time. And as someone who educates on this stuff, I'm like a canvas app is start with a blank canvas, connect to any data source, model driven apps, start with a data model. And, and then, and then why are these things both called power apps? And so this starts to, you know, to make sense now because we're seeing this idea of, you know, but start with the model-driven app. And it actually, I, I feel like this elevates model-driven apps, to be honest. So those of us who are coming out of that dynamics world and model-driven apps world, it feels like it feels like model-driven apps have just become, it's not, not the other app anymore. I feel like maybe <laughs> this is our moment <laughs> to sort of say, you know, here are model-driven apps and now we can bring that stuff into, into what we're doing with uh, with bringing those things in so i think there's this this idea of uh you not these two things don't exist in in the future state of it as completely separate why are these both called power apps these are app building things and they and they come together in this way and as we've seen you know even in just what's been announced so far there are things there already in preview and a lot of work going into this space and I've I've watched this over the last two years that they from when it was first announced uh, at um, the business application summit in 2019 oh we're going to do this app convergence and they'll come together and now it's like I've got my hands on it and it's real so this is a big this is a big, a long-term investment, and I expect that we're going to get um, even more benefit out of that, out of that investment. Um, so that that sort of roadmap around app convergence is a is another place that I've got my eye on to see what else we get yeah. next. And I'm really happy for the mole-driven apps because that's one big, been one of the big limitations. Well, you have to have the data in Dataverse. Yes. Well, now you s- sort of don't, but well. You, you bring them in by sort of attaching other stuff that's not really a model-driven app. So I, I love it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, your model-driven app is still fundamentally on Dataverse, but now you don't have to think of it as only on Dataverse because yeah. you can bring in these other data sources with all of those things. So you could have, dare I say, a SharePoint list on a Canvas page in a model-driven app. <laughs> What did I do there? (laughs) Um, But, you know, you can bring in stuff like, you know, you start to think about some of those productivity things. You could bring in your to-do or you could bring in something from Planner or whatever, as well as as other, you know, playing around with Twitter, bringing those external things in. But you're absolutely right. It it opens up the thinking about model-driven apps to, to more than just Dataverse plus integrations, because now we've got these other ways of, of bringing in those other data sources as well. Yeah. Um, so is there a date for general availability set for yeah, so there's, some of these? I mean, the whole thing is generally available. And then oh. there are other bits in there that are not yet. So there's just like a, you know, some specific or new capabilities are listed as preview. So those are in there. And then you'd have to sort of, you have to sort of cross-reference back with the new release wave notes to to find All the right. dates on them. So that's a that's a whole piece of work in itself. But even just looking at it like on the day that we're recording this, um, the whole the whole thing is there, but the there's an app designer overview which is um, which is the, the sort of the, the the new designer with the WYSIWYG thing of putting um, putting it together is listed as preview. 
yeah, there's a few, there's quite a few things. Customize app commands is listed as preview. So there's there's a bunch of stuff in there that are you know bits and pieces that are still yeah. that are still coming in preview, and they will all each have their own dates. It's a bit like I'm following the um, the Teams and Dynamics things really closely as well. And when you go in and go, when are we getting Teams in Dynamics? And it's like, yeah. okay, there's there's actually like 20 different features, and these ones are coming here, and these ones are coming there. So this is the same concept. Overall, the concept is generally available. But within that, there are a lot of sub features or components or whatever, and some of those are some of those are there and some of those aren't. So we'll pop the link to to the sort of the header page uh, in the in the show notes, and then you can see fairly clearly on the on the navigation menu of the Microsoft Docs, it says brackets preview next to even next to the to the headings. So all of those things are just as I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of work going on in this. So I think you know one thing will come out of preview and something else will probably pop in there because they want to make this this is this is a this is a big deal yeah and there are new things that coming out of private preview into public preview so a lot of things just happening yeah and i think if you look at the uh sorry if you look at the release waves when you start to look at that the section in the power apps release wave is always the heading and I, i don't have the words right in front of me but the the heading is always something like um a modern app building experience or something like there's always that that sort of top level heading and so you'll find these things popping up in there as well but if you look at that if you look at those top level headings and like that's what they're working towards is that sort of modern modern app building experience concept where where you've got all of these different things that you can use however yeah i just have a slight problem with that term modern modern, <laughs> modern. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well 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 i know what they mean it's just that when you try to explain that to like an end user customer that's have no history of the past yeah. it's very different well what do you mean by that it's like well yeah yeah. See, I I wouldn't put that word in front of a customer, no. Travis. No. I wouldn't say this is the new modern. You know, it's there's always things yeah. within within new release notes where you go, okay, that's talking to us, and yeah. then and then we sort of go, all right, what are the possibilities? Here's a thing you can do, and what are the possibilities for it? Yeah, I I don't think I would ever put the phrase modern app designer in. You know, because then then we've got like this the legacy or the classic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, yeah, don't, I think that's terminology for us, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So if we want to know more, we can go to your YouTube video and we will be sure to add that. We have Scatteros video about uh, um, replicating the deal manager. We have links to the known issues. Are there anything else that you would like us to... Uh, so I think um, let's uh, let's include a link to Reza Durrani's YouTube channel on uh, responsive design because uh, he's because he the the videos that he's done there are really good around he's doing Canvas app responsive design but the principles of how to get your head if you want a, like a longer form tutorial yeah. on how to get your head around responsive design he's done some really good he's done some really good stuff there as well that uh, that is incredibly yeah. helpful yeah send it to me and we will I be will. sure to add it to the show notes yep so do you have any public speaking scheduled where we can see you next then yeah it's mostly youtube public speaking at this point (laughs) i do pop up in various events and so on but i haven't uh haven't got back into a full agenda of uh, in-person events quite here yet so i've been doing a a lot of uh, work on youtube and growing my tutorial content on model-driven apps. I've reached a point with YouTube now where the number of subscribers and interactions and things has become quite a community in itself. And there are a bunch of requests (laughs) 
and questions and things on there. So that's awesome. And uh, I am doing a lot, a lot in that space. So yes, subscribe to my channel. <laughs> um, uh, there's oh, going to be more I... stuff coming on model-driven apps. I'm dabbling in Teams there as some Teams and presentation tutorials as well. Dynamics, Dynamics 365, I think uh, I got a really good a really good response to doing a Dynamics 365 sales tutorial and, and demo because I think there's a lot out there that's much longer form than what I've done and also perhaps a couple of years old and it's changed a lot in the last couple of years. So uh, um, I, I'm going to do some more stuff on Dynamics sales on there as well. Yeah, it's one of the great things about YouTube. All the things are like date, they have dates on it when it was published. Some of the blog posts are very difficult to find well how old is this is this yeah. relevant or not if it's like power apps and it's two years old well well no then it's yeah, not for us exactly. anymore and honestly i think even dynamics now you know you think back two years old in dynamics we didn't yeah. have any of those ai features the way they are now the that deal manager dashboard we we're just talking about even the user interface you know there's a lot more white space in there there's there's a bunch yeah. of different different stuff going on in there so yeah i think i think that there's always a need to do <laughs> to do new content to keep up with all of that stuff yeah so yeah, really nice. And um, so I can see here that you have seven thousand eight hundred and twenty subscribers Amazing, as right? of <laughs> as of right now, and I'm so impressed. As I think Heidi mentioned in the in the beginning, we have two videos right now, and it's. <laughs> 11 subscribers. 11 subscribers. So, you know, we all start at zero. We all start at zero no matter where we end up. So I'm a bit curious then as a podcaster and a dabbling in YouTube, how, how have you done this? Yeah, so I started January 2021. I had 400 odd subscribers. So it's gone from 400 to nearly 8,000 in 15 months. I had the 400, which was a good starting point. I mean, I did start at zero, but I had done over the previous year in 2020, I had done uh, a couple of videos. I did one on Power Apps licensing explained, which I had been very reluctant to do for a long time. I'd run app in a day training. I, I'd, I'd, my explanation of here's the five minutes of how to explain Power Apps licensing was something I'd done a million times. I'm like, I should just record this and put this on YouTube, but I didn't want to become like the go-to licensing expert. So I put it on and I switched off the comments because I was really scared of doing that. And then I did a tutorial uh, on Power Virtual Agents in the middle of 2020 for a group and the response I got to that was so good that I thought, oh, well, I've done the work. I might as well record it. So I, I did that one as well. And that video just took off. So that got me from kind of nothing to up to about 400. And then I sat down and went, what if I tried? Like, What if I actually, instead of just flinging out one thing, oh, because I've done this every now and again, what if I actually put a consistent effort in? And you know, I, I certainly have not done one every week. I, I, in an ideal world, I would, but also I have a life, and and I <laughs> yeah. don't want to be. You know, like I'm not, I'm not running a business on YouTube. Like there's, I've, I actually follow a lot of YouTubers who teach you how to do YouTube well, and I've learned a lot from them. But these are people who are like turning YouTube into their full time living. I love my day job. I love doing this on the side, so I'm doing it to the extent that it serves me well, rather than you know 
try to keep up with yeah. <laughs> try to keep up with doing one a week and but you know but I've started increasing the pace and variety of what I'm doing and I'm getting better at doing it faster so you know the first five minute video that I recorded took me five hours because really I just <laughs> no idea what I was doing so I think you know in terms of growing subscribers and stuff honestly you, you have to just keep adding content and you have to add content before you're ready to do it if you look at any youtuber with any degree of success and you go back to their early work and I'll include yeah. myself in this, it is not as good as the current work. And so you have to just put yourself out there and do it and just add, you know, the YouTube algorithm likes consistent content, good thumbnails, good titles. And it just, it's a marathon. Like it just doesn't, some people will blow up overnight, but this thing for me, getting from 400 to a thousand subscribers was really slow because I'd done that. Like I, I had those 400, but I'd really done nothing. The, the algorithm wasn't, I wasn't active. So doing that sort of from that point to a thousand probably took me six months. Like it took me till about September to get that far. And then once I hit that thousand, it seemed to just take off. But then even so, it's still just, it's just a gradual build, a gradual build, you know, 20 a day, 30 a day, whatever. And then, it, and then suddenly it's 30 or 40 a day and it, it, it grows. So it's been a pretty extraordinary experience, actually. I, I get a lot of comments and feedback and, and things on it that help me motivate me to keep going because when people will watch something and comment or find my email or connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever and 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 say this helped me for this reason that's why we do this stuff right like that's that's the that's the the numbers yeah. are lovely but the person who reaches out and basically says my life is changed because I learned this thing and thank you for that wow you know that's that's yeah. that, that's a reason to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and I live by feedback as well. So for you to have this and have, I mean, 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 views on your YouTube videos, getting combat, uh, comments and, and feedback based on that, uh, it's just so lovely. So very well done and congratulations yeah. to It kind of becomes of motivating work. to keep going <laughs> when, when you get that. So, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> So, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast then? Ah, well, have you had my, my fellow podcaster, Megan Walker? Have you had her on the show? <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we had Megan V. Walker on, so we can probably have her Good on there again. Her. She's um, lovely to talk to. We've also got a brand new MVP uh, in Australia here, Roshona Elijah, who's just been awarded. She's very big in uh, some of the Power Automate and Power Virtual Agent stuff and doing some interesting things with stuff in Power BI in there as well. So uh, if you want to get someone new into the mix, she's a, she's a, she's an enthusiastic uh enthusiastic person who's just uh, come into come into the program as well so uh maybe, she's been uh, reach very long her. on youtube as well and she had that what the flow yeah. <laughs> that oh, no, that's just... eliza that's eliza get eliza as well so that's eliza oh. benitez who does the what the flow roshona Sorry. is brand new not on youtube she's she's got a blog actually roshona's done a lot of stuff with blogging um and and educating people around uh around chatbots and things but yeah if you haven't had eliza give eliza a call too <laughs> for sure yeah Let's let's add them both so I'm sorry that I mixed the names. Oh, up. that's all right. Uh, you, yeah. It's very hard to keep up with everyone in the world, Marcus, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course we have your um, homepage, uh, homepage LisaCrosby.com, your YouTube, youtube.com slash Lisa Crosby. LinkedIn, you're Lisa-Crosby. You have managed to get a really good Twitter handle as well, at Lisa name. Crosby. Yep. The Ob Podcast together with Megan Walker. 
Anything else then? That's pretty much me. Uh, feel free to connect with me. I, I do, as I said, I do love hearing from people. I do love hearing from people around things like, um, you know, what else do you want to learn? What are the things, you know, I, I always have to try to get myself back into that beginner mindset. What do people want to learn? So I'm always happy to hear from people who go, can you do a tutorial on this? I can't guarantee that I'll turn that around quickly because of the aforementioned, you know, job and life and so on yeah. going on here as well. But I do, I actually do really enjoy hearing from people who are, you know, who've, who've, who've watched stuff and 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 enjoyed it or got something out of it or who have requests for things so yeah hit me up on uh, on LinkedIn and and you know let me know if you if you if you're listening to this and you send me a message on LinkedIn say you heard me here it's always good to to know kind of where people have uh, have connected Twitter I haven't done a lot but I reckon I I'm starting to get a decent sort of traction there with a bit of a rhythm of Twitter so I'll probably do a bit more there I'm I'm fairly active there as well um I post Wordle every day on Twitter as well as Power Platform stuff. <laughs> Uh, I haven't started Wordle and I'm trying not to, but yeah, it, it, it seems very uh, contagious. It is. Uh, so. It is definitely addictive and contagious. I just clocked over like 100, my 100 day streak. So <laughs> I was very All nervous right. on that 100 days. And <laughs> um, and usually I hand over to Heidi now to ask how the everyone can reach it. But since we've lost Heidi during lost the recording Heidi. here, I'll just say that you can do her listening that you can find us on, let's see here then, we have a Twitter hashtag, CRM Rocks. We have a LinkedIn page, a Facebook page, and then, of course, our brand new YouTube video. And, of course, CRMRocks.com. And thank you, Lisa Crosby, for, for joining us. Thanks very much for having me, Marcus, and Heidi as well. <laughs> thank you. See you next time on Bye. CRM Rocks.